morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. I want to start by saying thanks to Tom Tuckey for preaching last Sunday. Tom's an elder here at Gateway Church, and he definitely, definitely has a teaching gift. I don't know where Tom is. He's probably out in the kids' ministry somewhere. He, he loves to serve. There he is. He's back there. Tom, you should be on the front row here, all right? He preaches one Sunday, and then he's a backslider the next Sunday, the very <laughs> last row. He's a Cleveland fan, too, and it's just, it's not nice. They just keep winning. But I keep reminding him that the only thing that matters is the NFL. Uh-oh. 0-7. Browns. That wasn't in my notes. He preached a powerful and anointed message on forgiveness. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it a lot. Today's message in our continuing series through the fascinating study of Joseph will be another convicting word. Conviction never feels good on the front end for any of us. Who likes to feel convicted? I know I don't. But boy, when I submit and respond to it biblically, it brings about cleansing from sin. We say this a lot around Gateway Church. This phrase, when we come clean, we'll be clean. Come clean, and you will be clean. The Holy Spirit will be convicting our hearts regarding temptation. Today is part two of the message I preached a couple of weeks ago from Genesis 39, when Joseph was seduced by Potiphar's wife. You know the story. We'll get back to that in a few minutes. And because it's kind of a, a hard word, we tend to say, let's start on the lighter side, all right? I want to start on the lighter side, okay? I got a friend of mine. He's got something that I need today. So I'm going to ask him if he's got it, all right? Ian Anderson, he's here. I'm going to ask Ian to come on up for just a second. And Ian is usually carrying around a deck of cards, Whenever you see him, wherever he goes, he's a kid that loves to do card tricks. He's pretty good at it. I mean, it doesn't take much to fool me, trick me, I should say, sleight of hand. So every once in a while, I catch it. But uh, I asked him if he, uh, yeah, he's a big kid. I, I dedicated Ian. There was a day when I, Ian, you're not going to believe this, I had you right here in my arms. <laughs> I dedicated you, kissed you on the forehead, and now look it. I mean, you're towering over me. But uh, I told Ian, I, I won't put you on the spot, Ian, and uh, make you do a card trick, all right? But I do, I want to ask you, Ian, can, can you loan me a card? And I need an ace out of your deck, all right? An ace. You got it right there, okay? And uh, I can't promise that I'm going to give this back to you, all right? But if I don't, I'll get you a whole new deck, all right? All right. Thank you, Ian. There's a card here. Ian, I was supposed to ask you a question, all right? This, this card's going to be wild for me today, all right? It trumps every other card, all right? If I have this card, well, later on, you're going to find out that maybe I don't want this card. What's up with the card? 
Our flesh likes this card, likes to hold on to this card. We like to have it in our possession. We convince ourselves that we can handle possessing it. God, I gave you 51 cards. That's like 99.8%. I deserve to hang on to this one card. That's a lie. I should give it back to Ian. It's not my card. It's his card. We rationalize and compromise to keep this one card. We tell ourselves, I don't plan on using it anyway. I won't use it. That's another lie. Secretly and quietly, we listen to the whisper. Just in case you need it, you have it. Go ahead, keep it. So we conceal and carry. You don't know, I mean, you know I have the card now. But, let's say you didn't see me get the card from Ian, and I still had it in my pocket. You wouldn't know I had the card. that analogy in mind, enter Joseph in our series about his life entitled A Story About a Family. We know Joseph was a young teenager when he was thrown into the pit by his brothers and sold as a slave. And the phrase in the story that saved his life and gave him life, it's a great phrase. God was with him. In the darkest moments of his life, God was there. Joseph and God were tight. They had this close-knit relationship. And Joseph, at some point in that pit, when he was sold as a slave, ends up in Potiphar's house, a very strong, influential leader. Somewhere between that pit and that palace, He surrendered all to God. God was with him. And he wouldn't give that away for anything. Not any pleasures of the world or the flesh or any temptation. He wouldn't surrender it. He didn't keep any cards. He had no ace in the hole to play. Genesis 39, verse 1. I'm just going to read portions of the story. You know it. No projection, just listen. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites and had taken taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes, became his attendant. Potiphar put everything in his household in charge of him and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge, all that he owned, the Lord blessed him. The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had, everything 
So with everything in his care, he didn't concern himself with anything. Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph. Talked about how lusting begins, the sin of lust. It starts in the eyes. We often think it starts in the heart. From the eyes it goes to the heart. It's looking, longing, lusting. She said, come to bed with me. But he refused with me in charge. He told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in my house, in his house, everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Because... God and I are like this. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way of the fellowship that I have with him. You know the story. He runs from her. Question. What would have happened if Joseph went into Potiphar's house carrying an ace somewhere in his cloak? He plays it, right? The truth is this. If you carry it, you will play it. You will. Don't believe the lie that I I won't play it anyway. I'll keep it right there. I won't need it. If you carry it, if I carry it, I'll play it. Mrs. Potiphar's seduction would have pulled the card out of him onto the the table. The devil, devil whispers in his ear, You're a slave, Joseph. You have no rights. You have no future. You can never get married. You can never have a family of, of your own. Your future holds no promise of any sexual fulfillment. So what do you really have to lose by yielding to this temptation? You got the card. Now's the time to play it. Listen, Satan will try to persuade us that a little immorality will have no impact on us, our family, or our future. No one will ever have to know. Joseph, you can have this. You deserve it. You've been through so much pain in your life. Go ahead. Give in. Drink deep. Experience what she's offering, and you will feel great. That's another lie. Joseph carries the card. This is probably where he plays it. Temptation wins. If you hold on to the card, temptation will eventually draw it out of you. 
It's not just sexual temptation. It's unforgiveness. If you just hold on, like Pastor Tom was talking about last week, it's just so easy to keep that card of unforgiveness and just hang on to it. Offense of some kind. It's a little offense. It's not this big, huge thing. I'm not going to give that up. I deserve to feel this way about this person. The truth be told, Joseph had everything to lose because sinning against God would have cost him his fellowship. I didn't say his relationship with God. In losing close communion with God, he would have lost the key to his destiny. He would have lost what God had planned for his future. He wouldn't have passed this test in the now. So what does he do? He's not thinking of all these things. In fact, he doesn't know what his future holds for him. When he runs, he's not thinking, I, well, I got a great future, and if I give in to this temptation, I'm going to lose. For all that matter to Joseph, he didn't have a future. The only thing that he had was intimacy with God, and he had everything then. And he wasn't going to give that up. That close, intimate fellowship that a person can have with the living God. It's real. It can happen. We can gaze into the beauty of Jesus and be totally satisfied. The devil says, no, not. He's a liar. And Joseph wasn't going to give that up. He had no card to play. He'd already surrendered them all. So let's tell the truth. Truth be told, and this is what I want you to to know and remember when you go home today, just this little phrase. Kind of goes along the phrase that Pastor Joel used when when he did a Father's Day message a few years ago, I still remember it. I kind of, I kind of played off his his uh, his little tagline. Here it is today: impurity infects, but purity protects. Impurity infects our relationships, our families. Lust hurts our relationships. Impurity is always lust. It's never love. The devil tries to convince us, but it's it's never love. If you're in an adulterous relationship, it's not love, it's lust. Potiphar's wife didn't love Joseph. She lusted after him. Most sin is born of selfishness, isn't it? When you find the root of, of the sin that I'm struggling with, it usually ends up revolving all, or, all about me. I think lust is the most selfish sin there is. Lust does not want gratification for anyone but self. Lust doesn't care whether the spouse get hurts, gets hurt. Doesn't care if the kids get hurt. If we allow it, it will take over and it will affect not only us but our family. We just need to know that. It's a warning. 
It infects our fellowship with God. It dulls our spiritual senses to the place where we can hardly hear God's voice. You know how that works. I know how that works. Our lying and deception will become a way of life and all of a sudden we're in this area, this zone of our hearts where we learn how to tune out the voice of the Holy Spirit. Today you can hear the Holy Spirit begin to speak to your heart again. If you're at that place. Here's the good news. Purity protects. Protects our relationships. Purity in the end saved Joseph's family. I was going to read all these scriptures, but we don't have time. Think of the ramifications of the choice Joseph made to flee here. He didn't know it. He didn't know that in his fleeing this sexual immorality that he would would end up saving his brothers who hated him and sold him into slavery. He didn't know that. But his purity saves his family. In the end, they come back, and he says, his heart isn't full of pain. He says, God allowed this for the salvation of your life and dad and your kids and your families. Purity protects our fellowship with God. When Joseph ran, God ran with him. He ran with God, and he ran to God. So what's the answer to winning against temptation? Number one, master the first frame. That was two weeks ago. And I'm not going to go over that again. If you want to listen to that message... Try the podcast. Every once in a while, you can kind of actually listen to these messages. How do you win against temptation? The power of the first frame. And number two, you got to surrender the card. Whatever card you're holding on to, you just, you got to give it up. Today, you got to give it up. I got to give it up. I was going to burn this. I got to, I got to, a lighter, but I, you know, it's not my card. I got to give this card back. <laughs> now it's going to burn it and then put it in this. But you get it, right? Yeah, I got to burn it because if I don't burn it and, and, and put it in my drawer at home, guess what? I might not be able to play it now because it's, it's not in my pocket, but I know where it's at. I can go into the drawer and pull it out. And I got it hid. Well, I know where it's at. You got to burn it. So that leads us to this table. Why not get rid of it today? Right now. What are you hanging on to today? Surrender it to the Lord. Satan is the one who doesn't want you to confess your sin. He wants to beat you up with your sin right now. He wants to say to you, You're a loser. You'll never win in this area of your life.
I wish I had to do it all over again. I would do things differently. Well, we all say that in some areas of our life. Satan wants you and I to keep that sin in the dark so he can, so he can continue to have power over you. But that power can be broken. If you want to be free today, the best thing we can do is confess it. Because when we bring that sin out into the light, we immediately take away Satan's power. He never operates in the light. He always operates in the darkness. Folks, it's not what you've done. It's where you're at right now. It's how you're going to respond to God right now. That's what matters. Not what you did in the past, this morning, last week, three months ago, last year, ten years ago. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters how you're going to respond right now. You can burn every single card right now. Surrender it. This table is all about redemption, forgiveness, grace, fresh beginnings. It's never too late to do the right thing. God can and he will redeem you, every situation. And that's just great news, isn't it? So as you take the bread and the cup, pray a simple prayer. Lord, give me a passion for purity. For me, that's this part of the story. That's what I'm praying. The pure in heart shall see God. I'm going to ask the communion stewards if they'll come. We have communion. Today we're doing it on this Sunday because Pastor Joseph will be here on the first Sunday. And this message leads us right to the table. You don't have to be a a member to participate in communion. We just pass out the bread. It's just a a little cracker that's symbolic of our Lord's body. It's just a cup of juice. You may be seated. That's symbolic of his blood. And uh, I I, I love communion because it's like a fresh start. It's like that intimate fellowship that I need with Jesus. It's like, Jesus, thank you so much that I can just keep on confessing. I know that you you won't hold me, you won't judge me for my sin. All of my sin, past, present, and future, it's all all taken care of. But that, that intimacy that I so long, that I so want, that I need with you, I just need to keep confessing. And it's such a beautiful thing that happens. The the Spirit's here. So just take that bread, hold it. We'll we'll take it together. If you're a visitor, if you're a newcomer and you don't know exactly what this is about, you can can just refrain. You can pass along. If you know Jesus, I encourage you to, to, to participate. Check your heart. If you don't know Jesus, this is the day. Just call out to him. Say, Jesus, save me. We're seeing people get saved. We got white roses going on here. It's really neat. I got a friend of mine who's here. I see him. 
he just recently gave his life to Christ. And may, this might be his first communion. I don't know for sure as a, as a born-again believer. But his sins are washed away. His heart is cleansed. So, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts now, God, that we would stand against the voice of the accuser who accuses us day and night, tries to bring us down, get us down, keep us down. But Lord, we're free in Jesus. Today is a great day. We can surrender everything to you again, Jesus. So wash us, Jesus. Wash us with that precious blood that never loses its power, amen? It never loses its power. Give us a longing for purity like we've never had before, that the beauty of Christ would be so captivating that we would long to spend time in the word, seeking your face, praying. Give us a hunger for for your word. Sanctify this moment right now for your glory. Set it apart that we would be able to look back at this day and say, that was a great day. The devil tried to beat me up. I stood against it in Jesus' name. The Spirit did a good work in my heart. And so we're going to pass this bread out. Receive it with thanksgiving today.